And what a joy to be in this house. What a joy to be in this house. What a joy to know that Jesus is in this place. And every Sunday when we come, every Sunday when we come, be it whatever songs that we sing. Some, there are times that we have sang Tamil songs. There are times where we have sang, at least once I remember we sang a Kannada song or a Telugu song. Whatever song we sing, you know, what matters the most in all of those lyrics is that we are praising Jesus. As in the Muslim service brother, Jijo was preaching and he mentioned about, you know, the story of David. He tells, I will not offer anything that costs me nothing. Come on, somebody. And at least that should be the attitude. We don't come here to pay our tithe. We don't come here to pay our offerings. We don't come here to do all of that. But more than that, we come here to glorify the risen Lord through the words because on our praises, our King resonates. He lives and He inhabits on the praises of His children. And it is a beautiful joy to be in the house of the Lord. And this morning as we gather together and as we look to the Scriptures and understand, I know um, today... Um, you know, we do have child dedication, and I'm so excited for that. Um, I know baby Esra is also baby, 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 no baby, 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 come on, baby Easy or Ezra, um, as we will dedicate the child towards the end of our service. You're, you're happy today? Come on, some smiling faces here and there. It's good. It's good to smile and rejoice in the house of the Lord. Uh, this is just, you know, some of you are watching and are thinking, what is this standing in between? I'll explain a little later, but um, let us look to the Lord. Everybody happy, right? Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, be joyful. Be joyful. Come on, with a smile. Be joyful. Be joyful. Be joyful. Be joyful. Be joyful. It is only in the presence of God that we can be joyful. And uh, thank you so much for all the guests that are visiting us today. Always a joy to see Apachin Amachi from Lubbock this morning when Brother Joji called me and said, oh no, Apachin is sick. Um, and But thankfully, Amachi just walked in and said, we are going to church. You have a good pew. You can sit and relax in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much for being with us. We don't take anybody's presence here for granted. And every time I mention this, I value each one of you because in a it's a choice that you make out of so many other places that you could be on a Sunday morning that you decide and you choose to be with Zion family. It is our joy. Can we actually put our hands together for every single person? You might be a member of our church for 20 years or five years or two years, but we celebrate your presence. Thank you so much. And also, um, Brother Finney, thank you so much for being here and thank you for greeting us. Isn't that a joy that as he was sharing... The Bible has been translated to 20 new languages. What a joy. And I pray that the work is not yet completed. As he was just mentioning, we will be continuing to pray for the work that they are doing in Bible translations in every possible language that the Bible has not ever been written. We pray that the anointing of God will be over the life of every single team member and the Lord will bless them, bless them, bless them. And if there are anybody else who are here for the very first time, I'd like to welcome you to be, you know, uh, thank you so much for being here. May the Lord continue to bless each one of you. This morning again, I'd like to continue on uh, the series that we started last week and it was about raised from the ashes, raised from the ashes. And I preached the message and yesterday, uh, you know, Brother Thomas Goody sent me a text message of a 
another pastor who preached along the same lines. Uh, most of us know I love Pastor Jensen Franklin, one of the largest churches in America, in Georgia. Uh, uh, basically, he's from the Church of God uh, background, but a wonderful ministry that they do in, uh, in, in Georgia, Atlanta. And, and, and uh, he, he sent me that message, and I'm like, wow, this is so accurate. This is so powerful because it resonates from the same line and the thought wavelengths that I was ministering last week is about raising from the ashes. We are, and God intends that we must raise from the ashes. Out of the dust, God formed us. Even today, most of us are engaged in our life business that we look ourselves and look to the dust of our life. Yes, of course, you and me have the dust from where we have been made, but you have to understand by the precious blood of the Lamb that He has given us an image in Christ Jesus. Are you all with me today? Amen. As we look forward, I want to read Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. That was the scripture that I read last week. And I want to continue from where I stopped. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. And this is how it goes. The Spirit of the Lord, God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Where I want to stand today is to proclaim liberty to the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. What I want to preach today is about it is the blood of the Lamb that has given us the liberty to be set free. Come on somebody. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that has given us the freedom to be who we are today in this house. Hallelujah. You're with me. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. The when, one of the things that we have to understand is it is for freedom that Christ has liberated us. And the freedom that we have in our life is through the blood of of Jesus Christ. So in other terms that I would say I will share here is freedom costs something. Freedom costs something. In most of the uh, 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 freedom struggles in parts of the world that you and me could relate and understand, freedom struggle of America or freedom struggle of India. Most of us come from Indian soil, so we understand almost 250 plus years the British Raj occupied India and one man so, uh, uh, Subhash Chandra Bose that I would understand through my history lesson, he stood up and he said, if you give me blood, I will give you. You all failed in your history lessons? No problem. He said, if you give me blood, I will give you freedom. If you give me blood, I will give you Freedom is what? One of the greatest leaders of freedom struggle in India, he was mentioning about. And in the New Testament, sorry, in American history, we come across Martin Luther King, or we come across a lot of other people who stood for the right. And as they were fighting for the freedom, as they were fighting for the freedom, they all knew one thing that they have to lose to get freedom for the future generations to come. Are you all with me today? Praise the Lord. Sometimes you have to understand what you fight for, your descendants will enjoy. Oh, come on. I want you to understand what you fight for, sometimes you may not enjoy. You may go through the pain and suffering and destruction, but your children and your children's children, your inheritance, oh, the blessing of the gospel will be passed on to people because you have stood the ground to fight for freedom. Come on, somebody. Are you all listening to me today? You may not enjoy it, but that's not mean your children and your children's children cannot enjoy it what we stand for. The faith that most of us hold 
And sometimes when I talk to our older folks in our church, I am so happy that Zion is a church which is multi-generational. Yes, there are differences here and there with a lot of stuff that goes on, but I am so proud to stand here and I see people with all age groups right here. Why do I share this? A church should have people of all generations. Every generation, you have a battle to fight. Oh, come on. If you are just 20 year old, don't say that I have nothing to fight. My dad is fighting for you. No, no, no. There is a generation that is coming after you. You got to fight and obtain something that you can pass on to the next generation. Are you all with me today? Hallelujah. So Christ has liberated us. The same anointing is upon you and me. The same anointing is upon you and me so that we will rise from the ashes, so that you and me will together rise from the ashes. The residue that has left behind, we will rise up from the ashes is what God wants us to do. But freedom has a price tag. Freedom has a price tag. Somebody has to pay the price. I remember the story that was preached uh, in my church many years ago by this pastor who was visiting, and this is, he shared a testimony. He shared a story, an example of a family flying in the aircraft for the very first time. It was the Malayali church that I was attending, and he said, he shared, this is a Malayali joke. You know how there are Sardar jokes, there are Tamil jokes, there are jokes of every different kind, and he said, this is a Malayali joke. The pastor was from, um, from Karnataka. He was Kannada speaking. I don't know if you know Pastor Ram Babu from uh, South India. And so this man was preaching and he said, this is a Malayali joke. And he said, okay, we were all listening, right? So he said, this is one Malayali family were fa- flying uh, in the aircraft for the very first time. For the very first time out of Kerala, flying in the aircraft, right? As they are flying, you know, the air hostess came and uh, the Amama sitting next to uh, the Achayan, uh, both of them are flying. And, and the, uh, the lady, she, the, the w- wife, she slept. She was, uh, she was tired because of the travel. She slept and the husband was sitting through the journey. And as they were enjoying the journey, all of a sudden, as the air hostess, their norm is, they came to serve the food. And as they were serving, and they went by every aisle. And as they were serving, they came to this Malayali couple. They came to this couple and they asked, do you want? What do you want? And he looked up to his wife and she said, We are flying in the air. So they will tax us for everything. Don't buy anything. So because the, the wife uh, suggested that we don't buy anything, Achayan kept quiet. Wife kept quiet. The server came. Hostess came. She served everybody else. She went by. She finished her route. She went back to relax. After a couple of hours, as norm is, she came back again for the serving. And this time, a mama is already hungry because it's been quite some time that there's food been served. She's hungry. She could not bring her etika appam and stuff packed in the aircraft so she could not enjoy. She was hungry. Husband is hungry and because they are hungry, hungry man is an angry man. Come on somebody. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they, both of them are sitting there, right? So the air hostess come again. She comes again and she's like, sir, do you want anything? And he looks at his wife and he says, do you want, can we buy something? Can we get something? She's like, we cannot buy anything in this aircraft. We cannot imagine to afford. We cannot. We are flying for the very first time. You know how many expenses we have when we reach America. How many expenses we have to do. How many things we have to pay for. And she helped the husband not to buy anything. Both of them did not buy. They sat down for some more time. Aerostas came. Aerostas went by. And as they were sitting down, I know they were hungry. I mean, they were more hungry. As they were getting more, as the time was passing out, you know, they were getting more hungry and hungry. 
a neighbor, a good neighbor, a good Samaritan, I would say, heard conversation between the husband and wife, a good Samaritan, good neighbor. And he said, what are you guys doing? Are you all not eating anything? He said, no, we can afford the money. So he told the neighbor, we cannot afford because it is so expensive on the aircraft. We cannot afford. And the neighbor said, are you guys fool? You already paid for it. The food that is passing by is free. Some of you will get it slowly. The moment Malari folks heard the name free, he stood up right there. He like, free, I want it right now. Did you say I paid for it already? The story might sound funny as it is, because that's the story not just of a Malayali family, that's the story of any single person, because our antennas are frequencied towards anything that we hear free. Can I tell you something? All the commercials that we see out in the world, the marketing people are doing a great business. Thank you so much, uh, Sneha and people all in the marketing industry and learning to do stuff you know, in the marketing world, but things are not free. Sometimes they say buy one, get one free, but if that is not free. They are making money behind the scene. You're with me? We all agree, understand that, right? Come on, we don't have to be taught about it on Sunday morning. It's a basic life lesson that everything has a price tag. But as the guy understood that I have already paid for my food when I purchased the ticket, his eyes were enlightened and open, and he said, how come that I can be separated from what is already paid for? Are you with me? You want to walk into a place where you have paid a heavy price and you don't want to take part in the meal? You don't want to take part in the fellowship because you paid for it? Come on, you paid for it. So if you are paid for it, you better enjoy what has been given. And that is the story of the Bible. That Christ has already paid that we will enjoy our freedom and liberty. And a lot of us are still confused in our mind. Oh really? How does it work that Christ has paid? And how does it work that I know that I am free from living in freedom? But how does it help to navigate my life in this journey here? How can I resonate? How can I move forward when I understand I am liberated? We have to understand Liberty and freedom is a good word that we use in a Christian circumstances. And sometimes people ask me this question, Pastor, doing that is a sin, doing this is, doing this is a sin, is doing that, you know, uh, uh, put me away from the freedom tag that God has placed in my heart. It may not be a sin, but it can be a seed. Are you all with me? Not be a sin, but it can be a seed. And you have to understand the power and the potential of a seed. Seed put in the ground has a potential to break open and become a tree, become strong, become valuable, become something that you did not want it to be or become something that you want it to be. Seed has the potential. Not everything that come across your life, you may ask, Pastor, if I do this, is this sin? It may not be a sin, but it is a seed. Be watchful that you are practicing. Be watchful for that you are doing. Yes, Christ has liberated us so that we will live in liberty and freedom of the cross. Does not mean we engage with the worldly lifestyles evermore. As we look forward, we understand Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. And today as I'm speaking, I'm speaking about blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. It says, as for you, 
Because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will restore back twice as much to you. When will I return? When you return back to your fortress. When you return back to your fortress, I will return back everything that you have lost in your life. You think you will never gain it back, but my God helps us to understand when you come back to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, I will give you what you have lost in your life. Hallelujah. This morning as Brother Jijo was preaching about, I will not offer anything that cost me nothing in Christian life and Pentecostal faith of accepting as a Christian life, not just Pentecostal, but as a Christian life, there are things that we don't continue to do in our life. There are things that we don't continue to practice the way we used to practice. Why? Because I am a new creature in Christ. And we let's read the scripture for us to understand. Therefore, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourself on the altar. He is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. He is the blood that makes the atonement for one's life. In the Old Testament, it was talking about the lamb that they used to bring to sacrifice, offer sacrifice. And the lamb and the blood of the lamb was used to bring atonement. Atonement, the word atonement, as you break that word, it means made at one with God. Atonement is made at one with God. Made closer to God. You and me, we were separated out in the world. But it is the love of the cross that has made at one with God. We could not enter the holy of holies. But it is the love of Christ that has made us with at one with God. We could not fellowship with God. But it is the love of God. It is the love. And the shedding of the precious blood that has made us at one with God. For the life of a creature is in the blood. For the life of a creature is in the blood. Is in the blood. Is in the blood. Praise the Lord. Every single person, if you drain out the blood out of your body, you will die. Because there is life in the blood. In the New Testament talks about the blood of Abel. Cries out. Cries out. The, 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 the blood of Abel in the New Testament cries out. There's life in the person may have dead and gone. But there's still life in the blood. And it is through the precious life-giving blood of Jesus that you can me can be sanctified. Oh, come on. In the beginning, when Adam and Mrs. Adam sinned, it is the immune system that was corrupted in human body. It corrupted our blood system. It corrupted our blood system. And only blood can rectify what was disorganized in the beginning. So it was the precious blood of the Lamb. And that's why we see in Genesis chapter 3, God in the Bible came down and He slaughtered a lamb in the very beginning. We see He slaughtered a lamb and He gave the clothes, the skin and provided from the nakedness of Adam and Eve. For the nakedness. He provided them the cloth, clothing. And this is why you have to understand. For the life of a creature is in the blood. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. And that's why we have to understand. Blood relations are very important. 
Some of us don't take it seriously. If you have a brother or a sister blood related with you, you understand that I have my brother, my parents, my family blood related. Oh, come on. Some of y'all smiling as you're sitting next to your brother and sister. But blood relations are very important. Never disregard that. Never disregard that. You need to uphold them in prayer. Cain and Abel. Cain was accountable for the death and the blood of Abel. To understand blood relationship is very crucial and important. Now, in a church like ours, in a New Testament church like ours, we have to understand that not everybody here is blood related. Your brother, your sister, friend seated next to you, it's not blood related. But I have to understand, it is by the blood of Jesus Christ that runs in our vein. Accepting Jesus Christ as a personal savior. I can say my brother who is from the African continent, he is my brother. Why? Because it's the blood of Jesus that has purchased me. Or if I have somebody from Ethiopia or I have somebody from Pakistan or any other place, I could say it is the blood of Jesus that unites me with my brethren. Why do I say that? The blood unifies us. Blood unifies us. We live in a time and age where people are ready to divide. People are ready to destroy. Last week I was talking to somebody as I was ministering and I was broken in my heart as I was sharing that in, in their words that I could understand was that they were talking about their own brother and they don't like that person. Their own brother and they don't like that person. Can I tell you something? It is a Christian practice to love your blood-related family and also a family that is Christ-given in your family, in your life. Love them because love of the gospel is the love of unity. That Jesus and His price paid on the cross was so that you and me can be unified, brought together. And as we look to the scriptures, we have to understand there are four things that the blood of Christ does to a child of God. Number one, we have redemption through the blood of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, it says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's glory. We have redemption through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We have, you and me, we are purchased back. Redemption means we have been purchased back. Christ has paid the price on the cross. We have been purchased back. It's what Ephesians 1 verse 7 would say. Number two, we can fellowship through the blood. You and me, whenever we break the bread and pass the cup around during Holy Communion Sunday, what do we do? We remember that Christ has unified us and we take part in the fellowship which is about unity in the body of Christ. Now next week we are going to do our Holy Communion. But this week I want to ask our church if there are issues and struggles that you are holding on between I want you to understand the blood of the cross was a precious blood. Grace is very heavy that he's made. Let us rectify because the blood of the Lamb unifies us. It unifies us. It is the price that Christ has paid. Number three, that we will look into an important aspect is we have healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53 verse 5 would say, By His stripes we are healed. By His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 is a prophetic message that was fulfilled when Jesus Christ was led 
to the cross. Or before that happened, Jesus was beaten up brutally by all these people around him. And as Jesus was taking all those beatings on his body, as his body was pierced and cut through with all the whiplashes, all he was thinking about is, my body is beaten so that I can be a healing to somebody. My body is crushed so that my crushing can be a healing. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. We have to understand there is healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. I know stories. I know stories. When um, uh, uh, after one of our sister, you know, she had some sort of sickness. I don't remember exactly the words. But she came to the church that day and she prayed. She prayed and uh, she was sick. That Sunday we were serving Holy Communion. She believed she believed in her spirit that as we partake in the Holy Communion, and she believed not that that Holy Communion wine became blood. No, not about that. But she believed in exercise that through his stripes, I will be healed today. She took part in the fellowship. She went back home and that ailment has never yet come back into our life. Why do I say that? By his stripes, we are healed. Children of God, when we go through sufferings and trials and we need sickness, you know, sometimes we always say, oh, it's okay. I don't care about sickness in America because I am covered and I am insured. No, before we run back to our coverage, let's run back to our God. I have failed so many times, but we can say by His stripes, we are healed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can I stand there for a while and share this? The Pentecostal faith, Pentecostal faith, when people came across to believe what the Lord has asked them to believe, they believed that in every suffering, every suffering, the first person they run to was not the medical practitioner. The first person they run to is the throne room of Jesus Christ because by His stripes, we are healed. What is your condition today? What is the area that you need a healing in your life? Can I give you the assurance that my Jesus is never run out of business in healing his people. He still heals. He still saves. And everybody and anybody who comes to the saving grace will be healed. Because by the blood of the cross, we are healed. There is healing through the blood of Jesus Christ. Number four, the blood separates us and protects us. The blood separates us and protects us. I want to stay there for some time, some time here. The blood separates us and protects us. As a child of God, you and me have an identity, right? We have an identity. We have an identity from the rest of the group, the rest of the people. And that has been the story of a Pentecostal journey. I know stories where, I know stories when I say I know stories, I've sat down with those people hours and hours, who have left a lot of stuff, the worldly stuff. Maybe it could be the mainline churches that they used to be part of. And they came and they became a child of God. They left to be part and they protected their identity. They protected their identity. I'm not going behind what are the items that you can leave, that you can decide in your journey. For every person, according to your conviction, things are going to be different that hold you accountable in God's grace that I need to leave and depart so that I can be counted as a separated vessel, holy vessel for the work of the Lord. But you have to understand the blood supports 
separates you, blood separates you. And this morning, how many of you, I mean, most of you are were here as uh, Pastor Nisha was helping us with the Sunday school this morning. And she was, she brought out all those elements and she was helping us understand about the, the Passover seed. She was helping us understand with the different elements that the Jewish customs would help us to see and see the portrayal of Jesus in the New Testament. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7 to 13 is where I want to read. And after that, we will be praying. Exodus chapter 12, verse 7 to 13. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the top, the, and the tops of the frame, frames. Can somebody actually read for me? Can somebody read? Pradeep. I'm going to read it for you. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of the people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. Verse 13, the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. And now this story in the Old Testament, as Moses' job here is to help his people from who has been liberated from Egypt to understand that tonight when you go back to your homes, you need to slaughter the lamb. And as you slaughter the lamb, take the blood of the lamb and apply it on the doorpost. Apply it on the doorpost. Apply it on the doorpost. Apply the blood that you have slaughtered on each side of the doorpost. Why do you have to apply? Because when I pass through Egypt that night, when I see the blood, no destructive harm will come inside you. When I, I don't have something that is blood looking here that I could apply, but please understand, when I put blood over these door frames, the blood has an identity that it has separated me from the rest of the Egypt. What is Egypt about? Egypt, yes, of course, it is a land, a territory that we see in Middle Eastern country, northern part of Africa. Yes, of course, but figuratively, when we look into Bible scriptures, Egypt is above the sinful nature of every single man. Egypt, above the sinful nature of every single man. But it is through the blood, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ that you have applied on your life that has separated you from the rest of the world. That has separated you for the greater purpose. May I tell you, you are separated for a greater purpose that you have never understood about yourself. Sometimes when people mess up, I'm like, don't you even understand? Don't you even understand? You have a reason to be separated to do a greater work that the Lord has allowed you to do. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over it. I will pass over it. This blood signifies a protection. 
This blood signifies a coverage. In the New Testament, Jesus would say, I am the door and anybody who follows me will be saved. Some years ago, few years ago, some of us followed the work and the call and the grace of Jesus Christ. We entered through the door that Jesus himself is. I stand behind the door frame and I know I am saved. My dear friends, there are times and moments in our life when you stray away, you get away from where the Lord has protected you. You have a protection, you have a hedge of protection around your life. Stay guarded and if you stay guarded within it, your life is protected. The blood separates me the blood separates me. The blood separates me. The price paid on the cross, price paid on the cross is too heavy. It is too valuable. The next time when you and me, including me, when we do think about doing stuff like a normal carnal man could do, always remember you are behind and you should always remain behind. There is a separation that the blood of Christ provides in the life of every single person. The blood of Christ is valuable. The blood of Christ. I'm going to read another scripture here for you so that we understand the value. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 13 would say, The blood will be assigned for you on the houses where you are. Don't go back home, slaughter a lamb and put blood on your doorpost. That will be weird today. But it's just... Helping us to understand the blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I love the last part of it. And I want to prophesy over every single person seated here. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike down Egypt. We know that the judgment of God is soon at hand. After the coming of Jesus Christ. God is going to judge our world, right? That's our story, right? We all know about it. And we have been redeemed from the eternal judgment that God could put on our life. And that's why I say, no destructive plague will ever touch you when I strike Egypt. Let this be the story that resonates in our mind. From the ashes I rise because of the price paid by my king. From the ashes, from the ashes, once it was destroyed, I rise up again. Why? Because of the precious blood of my Savior. The blood separates me and gives me an identity. Can I have the worship team behind me? The blood separates me and gives me an identity. Blood separates me and gives me an identity. Blood separates me and gives me an identity that no other person in the entire world can ever provide. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sunday morning that you have given to each one of our church families. As we gather in this house, O oh Lord, we understand the value of the cross. We understand the value and the price you have paid. Father, your blood separates us. Your blood heals us. And today, Father, I declare over this house, by the blood of the Lamb, each of us are liberated from the eternal destructive power of the carnal man. And I pray, God, that you will set their lives free and for freedom 
today is, Lord, thank you for what you have done. We submit ourselves. Can we all rise up in God's house this morning? Can we all rise up? We'll sing a song. and We'll uh, offer our tithes and offerings. And while we do that, and after we have done that, we'll have our baby dedication. But let's rise up. Let's submit ourselves. And let's acknowledge thank precious blood of our Lamb. Precious precious blood of Jesus Christ that has separated us and has bought us from eternal death and that has separated us and kept us alive into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Let us say, God, I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the victory that you have given, O Lord. I thank you. I thank you.